Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. You guys doing good? Hey, it is great to be with you today. And wasn't worship incredible? How many are thankful for our worship teams? Can you just put your hands together and give them a show of appreciation? I'm so thankful for our our worship and production teams and really all of the teams that make up the CFC Dream Team. It takes a lot of people to serve what God is doing through Christian Faith Center. And I am so very thankful for each person that contributes to that. Well, hey, I'm excited to open up our Bibles today and jump into our series. We've been in a series now for a few weeks called Winning Where It Matters. And uh, we've been kind of diving into important areas of our life. How many know we are in interesting times right now? These are interesting times, and, um, you know, we've talked about anxiety and our inner life, and we've got a a few more topics like that. I want to talk to you about something very important today that will impact every single one of us because it applies to every single one of us. Um, Title of my message today is called this. It's called Winning With Your Wallet. Winning with your wallet. Today I want to talk about some biblical principles around our finances. And, um, you know, one of my favorite verses um, regarding the mission of Jesus is John 10.10. And he said this. He said that I've come that they, everybody say I'm they. He said I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. How many know there's a way that we do things and there's a way that God does things? And when we do things God's way, it leads to a fruitful end. And uh, there is an abundant life on the other side of every single area of all of our lives. And I'm going to dive into not just one. Uh, If you've been around for a while, you might know. Uh, First of all, if you're visiting today, just know this isn't something we talk about all the time. Uh, But about once a year, uh, I will unpack some principles with our giving and our money and how we steward those things. Um, So listen, if you're like, oh man, I didn't know they were going to talk about money. First of all, open up your heart because I think God has a word for you today that could transform your life. But second of all, if you still hate it, just come back next week. I'll talk about something totally different, okay? Um, but, but here's the thing. Here's what I want to open with. And usually I'll, I'll preach from one text. I'm going to give us about 10 different scriptures to start with today. It's going to go quick. Don't freak out. Um, you don't have to pack a lunch or anything like that. But I want to lay a strong biblical foundation for what I'm about to tell you because I think that this message, maybe more than almost any other, has the potential to shift things and shift you into a place um, that could transform every arena of your life. Did you know that there are over 2,300 verses in the Bible about money and possessions and how we are supposed to use them? 2300. Let me give you some perspective. That is more Bible than all of the verses on faith and prayer combined. Now, we all love a good series on faith. Come on, somebody. We'll be up shouting and jumping, or I don't know if we grew up Nazarene, we'll at least breathe a little heavier. Come on, somebody. Where are my Nazarenes at? Come on. I grew up Nazarene, so it's inside joke. Uh, but. Uh, 
I'm just saying it's one of those that we're like, ah, listen, this is something that can shape us, can help us. God wants us to know some things about how to handle our possessions. He wants us to have things, but he doesn't want our things to have us. Come on, somebody. And so almost twice as much as faith and prayer combined, Jesus, throughout all of the scriptures, really talks about our possessions. There's a principle that all of us must learn if we're going to function the way God intends for us to function in his kingdom. It's, it's something that if we live out, we'll do so much more than change just your financial situation. It will actually change your life. And here's the reality. Not all of us are winning where it matters. Not all of us are winning in the area of our finances. Matter of fact, I joke with our team sometimes that the church has got to get better about talking about things that people actually think and care about. Now listen, I know there's kids in the room, but here's the thing. I'm going to use a a PG-13 word. Intimacy and money are the two things we think about the most. Amen. Amen. And yet, there are two things the church talks about the least. Can I just encourage you? God's word is not silent on the things in your life that are important to you. And so, some of us are not winning. We're not winning in these areas. It's impacting our lives. For some of us, we're standing at what feels like the bottom of an economic ladder, and we can never seem to get out of the things we're struggling with. Does anybody feel like there's more month than money every month? Well, God's word's not silent on these things. And for some of us, we've got resources, but there's no fulfillment in it. There's no tie to to the everlasting in it. And so we have things, but they don't really feel like they matter, and they don't make it, there's no purpose behind them. Well, guess what? This will help you too. I think a lot of people are wondering, what is, what is, is there something more? Now, you probably have no idea why, but I get asked to change light bulbs a lot. I still can't figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm here to serve. So, you know, um, you'd be surprised how many times I'll be walking through Fred Meyer and somebody will say, can you grab that up there? I'm, I'm here to serve, you know. But um, a ladder can help us reach things that, unless you're me, would be really hard to reach. Right? They, they help us get to places that we might not otherwise get to get to, right? If you've ever painted something, you'll know that there's some steps. A ladder can give you steps to get to a place, a level you couldn't reach on your own. It's simply a tool to help you get to a higher place. Things that are out of reach before, if we step up a ladder, are within our grasp. And so today I want to introduce us to the generosity ladder. I want to introduce you to a journey, whether it be first time, emotional, intentional, the tithe, or above and beyond. I want to introduce you to something that is both rooted heavily in Scripture, but is something all of us must decide what we're going to do with on our journey. As a pastor that is now, I've been in full-time ministry for over a decade. I've prayed with a lot of people. I've counseled a lot of people. One of the number one things I get asked to pray about is finances. Pastor, would you pray for us? We're struggling. Would you pray for our finances? Would you pray for this? Would you pray for that? Or we're struggling in our marriage. And when I get down to the root of it, here's what I find out. It's money. They're, they're arguing about money. They're, they're, there's the stress and the challenge of it. Well, I've got good news for you. The Bible is full of promises regarding every arena of your life and your finances are one of them. But here is one of the things that I, people don't always like this because they they think that, you know, I've got like Harry Potter wand or something. I can just, you know, I got spirit fingers. I can just, you know, just pray and God will just override his own, his own principles. 
But here's what I'll tell people. If you're going to believe God's promises over your finances, then you have to practice God's principles with your finances. The Bible is full of promises that come from God. And God's promises are almost always contingent. He says, if you do this, I'll do this. If you go this way, then I'll do this. If you, if you lean into me, I'm going to lean into you. If you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. The whole Bible is full of God's promises to people, but they're contingent upon the actions of his people. If you return to me, I'll return to you. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. There's all these things God wants to partner with us in, but they take a step from us. So today, what I really want to introduce you to beyond just the latter, because this could be a whole series and we're not going to do that this year, but I want to talk to you about the tithe specifically. Once a year as a church, we'll lean into this topic and we, we offer a challenge for families to begin doing this. Last year, we had 104 families at Christian Faith Center step into the tithe and it radically transforms people's life. Matter of fact, I can't think of another area that is as impactful to people as when they get, when they surrender the area of their finances to God. Jesus said it this way, wherever, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also where your treasure is. So let me just say this, you're passionate about whatever you're putting your money in. I promise you. I, I, it, and it doesn't matter if it's the church or, or sportsman's warehouse. Come on somebody, like you're passionate. It's possible to have both. Can I get an amen? All right. But I'm just telling you where your resources are, there your heart will be. That's Jesus. The tithe is not about money as much as it's about our heart. But our heart can't be in the things of God if our resources aren't, because Jesus taught us we lead our money with our things. Or excuse me, we lead our heart with our money and our things. So I want to introduce you to this word, the tithe. You hear us talk about it in the two minutes, you know, in the offering time, but many people don't have an understanding of what tithe is. A tithe is a Bible word. It means a tenth. That's literally what it means. It means a tenth. It's not a word you're going to hear outside the church, right? You're not going to show up to a baseball game and they're like, all right, anybody, you know, the tithe, like you're not going to hear it, okay? It is a kingdom word. It is a Bible word. It is a Christian thing. It is canon, okay? For those of you theological nerds out there, like it is a Bible principle and we see it throughout all of the Bible. So we're going to jump into a lot of scripture today. Okay, I want to read a lot of Bible to make sure that we've got a great foundation for what we're talking about. We're going to pray and I've only got two points for you, all right? I'm going to take it easy on you today. Don't get excited. I can make two points go a long way. You ready? We're going to throw these on the screen for you. Genesis chapter 14, uh, verse 19 through 20. Melchizedek is introduced to us in Genesis 14. Um, the, the theological word for this is a philophony. It is a, a time that Jesus appeared to people in the Old Testament before he was born um, in the New Testament context. So the Bible says Melchizedek, who again is Jesus, blessed Abram, the father of faith. This is Abraham that we would know as father. Even if you're not a Christian, your first time at CFC, you probably heard of Father Abraham, had many sons. Come on, where are the old VBS people at, all right? So he's the father of faith. Well, he, he's blessed. And this is what he said, blessed be, this is the blessing Jesus pronounced over Abram. Blessed be Abram by God most high. I love God most high is El Elyon in the scriptures. One of my favorite names for God, the elevated one. 
the most high God. Blessed be Abram by the most high God, creator of heaven and earth. Blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tithe of all the goods he had recovered. Now let's skip down to Leviticus. Now we're into the law, okay? Moses has brought about the law, and in the law we see the tithe makes it into the law. So it's before the law of Moses. It's now in the law of Moses. Leviticus 27 verse 30 he says this, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the field or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So who owns the tithe? It's the Lord's. It's not ours, it's the Lord's. Now, if you really wanted to get theological, everything belongs to God. But he says, the tithe, the tenth, is still mine. So we know it's God's. Deuteronomy 14.23, here it is again. Here's the instruction. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship. The place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your males and flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you to fear the Lord your God. It will teach you to fear the Lord your God. Now listen, they did not have bank accounts and Roth IRAs and 401ks and 403bs, and, which none of us want to talk about that right now anyway. Come on, somebody. But he checked your portfolio the last couple days. You got indigestion going on, right? This happens. But they didn't have that. And, and when the Bible talks about the wine and the oil, this was the fruit of their resources. This was their dividends. Come on, somebody. This was the final result. So what they had was agricultural. They didn't look online, pull up an app. They looked out. And they saw what God did, and they trusted the Lord to, 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 to produce, and they trusted the Lord to provide and to multiply. And they tithed on all of those things, not just what they had, but what, what they had produced as well. And they brought it into the place of worship. The tithe belongs to the house of God. The place that ministry is taking place, the, Jesus said, I'm building my church. Come on, somebody. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One of the mechanisms for building the church is the tithe. We'll talk more about this in Malachi and even in Nehemiah. But I just want you to see this. They brought it to the place of worship. I've heard some people say, well, you know, I send part of my tithe to a missionary and part of my tithe over here. And part of my tithe I give to a homeless person. That's not tithing. That's giving. And they're both good, but let's just be clear on what that actually is. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a tithe, right? The tithe is a tenth that comes to the house of God. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 11 through 12. Now, we love Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a prophet. Nehemiah was raised up by God. God put a burden in his heart to go back to Jerusalem, the city of God, to rebuild the walls that had been busted down. The whole city had been overrun. The people of God are in Babylonian captivity, and they're being ruled over, and the city is a mess. Okay? And so God raises up Nehemiah and puts a burden in his heart and gives him favor with the king, and God sends him back to rebuild the walls. And we know Nehemiah, right? He's that dude that had a, you know, a shovel in one hand and a sword in the other. And if you've been around for a while, you've heard somebody talk about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a rebuilder. He was a restorer. He led people to rebuild the city. And here's what the Bible says. He said, I immediately confronted the leaders because it's often talked about how Nehemiah rebuilt the city, but we don't often talk about how Nehemiah rebuilt the place of worship. 
And so Nehemiah, he said, I immediately confronted the leaders and, he dem- and demanded, why has the temple of God been neglected? Then I called the Levites back. The Levites were the pastors, the priests, the, the helpers, the servants, the, the people that did all the, the duties in the church. And he restored them to their proper duties. And once more, all the people of Judah began bringing their tithes, there it is, of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the temple storerooms. Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, but he also reinstituted worship. And he reinstituted corporate worship. And he reinstituted the tithe as a part of that. Now, Malachi is probably one of the most aggressive. We're going to camp out in that. So just, just realize this is the Bible, not me, okay? So I just want to give that caveat. Because Malachi pulls no punches. Malachi is speaking to a group that had also, like Nehemiah, allowed the corporate sense of worship, what God was doing, the worship to the one true God, that same El Elyon that blessed Father Abraham all those years ago. Now the temple had been neglected. The people's priorities were all outside. And Malachi, he instructs the people, he said this, bring all the tithes. Your Bible might say bring the whole tithe. That's how the New King James translated. I actually think it's a better translation than the NLT as much as it pains me to admit it because I love the NLT. But the whole tithe, that means that means. The whole thing, the whole tenth. What is the tithe? It's a tenth. I've heard some people say, you know, well, yeah, I mean, we tithe. We, you know, throw a 20 in the plate. That's a tip, not a tithe. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You'd say, well, what is a tithe? I'd say there's no set number for it. The tithe is not equal giving. The tithe is equal sacrifice. A tithe may be $20. It may be $10,000. It's totally dependent upon your circumstances in life. It's an equal sacrifice right? Not equal giving. So a tithe, the whole tithe, it's okay to give. None of that is wrong. If, if you're giving intentionally, well, every week I, you know, I give $50 to the Oscar, I give a hundred dollars, I give a thousand, whatever it is, that's great. It's intentional, but let's delineate between what is giving and what is a tithe. A tithe is a tenth. And see, there are things that we see before the law, in the law that don't make it through the cross, And one of the great things that a lot of people struggle with is tithing in New Testament practice. Like, do we as New Testament believers, like we're not bringing cattle and sacrificing them and burning their fat and kidney lobes on the altars anymore? Can we get an amen for that? If you go to a church and they're burning animals, run from that place, okay? Like, that is not good unless it's on the grill out back and they've got barbecue sauce, all right? And all the non-vegans said amen, okay? So we don't, we don't do that anymore. There are things now, they were commanded never to cut their hair, never to shave their beards. Women couldn't wear, you know, certain things. Aren't you glad that some of that didn't make it through the cross? Aren't you glad we have some liberty? Aren't you glad we're not? But some things did. Jesus said, they, they accused him, Jesus, you're destroying the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill the law. So here's what I get a lot. Well, that's law. I'm under grace. My question is, since when does grace ask less of us than law? I've never heard somebody argue law against grace, and they weren't trying to bring less than 10%. 
Like I've never seen a tither go, I don't know, pastor. I just feel like I should be doing 50% and not 10. Like I've never heard it. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church, right? No, it's always like, I don't want to give and I'm looking for, you know, it's an area of your life that's, that, that, that you haven't surrendered to the Lord. And so all I ask is that you look at the scripture. Let's look at the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8 is one of my favorite scriptures regarding the tithe. And it says this, it says here, mortal men receive tithes. Mortal men. Okay? I know some pastors think that they're all that in a bag of chips, but they're just a man like you and everyone else. All right? No usher, no, no nobody that's handling church, no elder, no treasurer, no bo- deacons or board of directors. None of those people are anything other than a human like everybody else. So people say, well, I mean, we're giving to an institute, we're giving to, no, you're giving to the body of Christ. And they're just mortal men, yes, but listen to what Hebrews says. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. In other words, yes, you're giving, you're giving in the natural, but God is receiving it in the spiritual. You're giving on earth, but God is receiving it in heaven. Matter of fact, we hear the same thing with prayers. I actually, I don't have time to do it today, but I have a teaching on things we do in the natural that trigger a supernatural response. Worship, prayer, declaration, preaching. Well, guess what? Giving is one of those. It's one of those things when we do it, it's something everybody can do. And when they do it, it triggers a supernatural response. Listen to Matthew, because I think it's important. What does Jesus say? Matthew 23, 23, Jesus actually confronts a religious group of people. And he said, what sorrow awaits you, religious teachers and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Jesus was so nice. And he said, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now, here's the kicker. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Is tithing the end all be all? No. But is it confirmed by Jesus? Yes. And a lot of Christians, again, would say it's Old Testament, but we have to understand this. It's before the law. It's after the law. It's considered canon. As a new covenant grace giver, we should all aspire to step up to this place of the tithe. I want you to pray with me. And again, I told you I only have a couple of thoughts that I want to share with you. And I'm praying that God speaks to us in a powerful way. So, Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for each person here. And, Lord, I just pray that every heart would be open, that the soil of our hearts would be ready to receive the word of God today. I pray that you'd speak to your people. Bless them, Lord. May faith be activated by the word of God. And may every person be obedient to your voice, whatever that might be, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I want you to get just a couple of things. Now, I need you to know, again, I don't teach on this a lot, but it is important that we teach on it. I do want you to know when I talk about giving, we're, never, we're not going to do no special offering. Nobody's going to try to twist anybody's arm. I want more for you than from you. And if you are ever in a church that you don't believe that, you need to wrestle with that. No church should want more from you than for you. God doesn't want more from you than for you. Everything God asks, it's to lead you to a place of life. And so at Christian Faith Center, our heart is to help people take the next big step in their walk with Jesus. Maybe that's baptism, and we'll see a bunch of people do that next week. Matter of fact, if you haven't been baptized yet, sign up, baby. We can't wait to see lives be transformed and go into that water. It's one of my favorite things. But here's the thing. Your next step may not be baptism. Your next step may be tithing. 
But we're committed to partnering with people and producing mature followers of Jesus. Now, here's something that I need us to know, because a lot of people struggle feeling like the blessings of God on their finances are out of reach. And here's the first point I want you to get. Number one, the tithe shows us that winning is within our reach. Here's what Malachi chapter 3, verse 7 through 10 says. Ever since the days of your ancestors, and this is the prophet Malachi speaking to the people of Israel, he said, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now here's what, here's the call. Now return to me and I will return to you, said the Lord of heaven's armies. But you as people, you ask, how can we return to you, Lord, since we've never gone away? And in verse 8, he said, should the people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what does that mean? When did we ever cheat you? He said, you've cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. And you are under a curse, for the whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough room, enough food, excuse me, in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour you out blessings so great that you you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it, says the Lord. Put me to the test. This is the only spot in Scripture we are challenged or we are encouraged to challenge God on something. We are taught to trust God throughout the entirety of Scripture. With the tithe, we're taught to test Him, to challenge Him, to see if He will be faithful, to see if He will come through. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that's, that's not so haughty and lofty, that He's okay with our own struggle and knows there's things that'll be tough for us to engage and is big enough to say... Test me, baby. See if I won't be good to you like I've been good to everybody before you. See if I won't bless you. See if I won't unlock something in your life that you've never seen before. He said, test me in this. And the test is the tithe. Listen, we don't want to settle for the bottom. Listen, for some of us, we have never even given once. And listen, if that's you, that's okay. But we want to be progressing. We want to be progressing in the things of God. For a lot of people, though, we've given before, but it's emotional. And here's what I really felt when I was praying about today. I really felt like the Holy Spirit highlighted emotional giving because I think a lot of believers stay in their emotions in all kinds of areas of their Christian life. It's not just your giving. It's your faithfulness. It's not just your giving. It's your day-to-day -day walk. Come on, when it feels good, I'm doing good. And when it doesn't feel good, I struggle to be faithful. When it doesn't feel good to pray, I don't pray. When it doesn't feel good to come to church, I don't come to church. When it doesn't feel good to do whatever, I don't do whatever. What that means is we have not yet matured to a place where we're following Jesus out of conviction. We're still following Jesus out of emotion. And the problem is, is this happens in our giving as well. And so we'll give, but only if the keyboard player is just right. We'll give, but only if the preacher preaches so good. We'll give, but only if the creative team puts enough picture of children from Africa in the video. Only if there's a little puppy in there that sheds a tear. You know, we're like, oh, <laughs> take my money. So here's what I love about intentional giving in the tithe. Kingdom builders is really, be, can begin with intentional giving. It might not be a tithe, but you're being intentional to give consistently at least. But see, the tithe is an area we can rise to that is beyond emotionalism. 
It's a consistent way we can honor God with our resources, whether we feel like it or not. If you have always felt like giving your tithe, you haven't tithed for very long. But it is a, for some it's weekly, for some it's every other week, for some it's once a month. But however you bring your tithe, however you get paid, the reality is this. When I give, I'm reinforcing my faith. I'm saying, God, I still trust you. I might not, it doesn't matter how I feel. I still trust you. My actions are in faith. The root word for faith is faithfulness. It's not about how you feel. It's about what you do. Faith is proved by our actions, not our feelings. And so the tithe can begin in emotion. It can begin there. Like God can stir your heart and it can be emotional, but you'll never consistently be a tither long-term if you're in your feelings. Tithing will elevate you out of emotionalism where this is what we do when we're emotional, okay? We'll give and we're like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. And then you're like, no, I just don't feel very good today. A pastor that took the offering, eh, I don't know, didn't touch my heart. Maybe next week. Yeah, I don't know. I like that other guy. I like when the youth pastor does the offering. Or I like when Pastor Amanda, you know, Pastor Jordan, his take too long. And, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm out. And it's not just in our giving. It's, it's in our faithful. It's, we do this, and then we do this. And we do this, and then, I don't know, you know, things aren't good, and we, we back up. And here's the problem. Many people live their whole spiritual lives this way, up and back, up and back. But see, the tithe lifts us above that, and it anchors us into a place of supernatural blessing in God, supernatural peace. And really, it boils down to our hearts. So I want to give you just a few things. First of all, it's a trust thing. God tells God, or excuse me, the tithe tells God that you trust him with your supply. It says, God, I believe that you can do more with 90 than I can with 100. It's a trust thing. So here's, here's what, I, let me give you a few things that I think are important for us to understand about the tithe. First of all, you have to understand the principle of firsts. And the principle of firsts goes beyond finances. It goes into every arena of our life. It goes like this. We give God not what's last. We give God what's first. It's not just your money. It's your time. This is why I, I felt like the Lord convicted me years ago. I would get up in the morning, I just bust out on Facebook, and I'm, I'm in, you know, chat battles, and, you know, I'm reading the news, and have you ever noticed the world's not getting any less crazy? Like, people are getting crazier, the world's getting crazier. Like, it's not getting any less crazy. And I'm giving my best, for me, that's the morning, I'm giving my firsts and my best to Facebook and to drama instead of to God. And I felt like the Lord just checked my heart and said, I want the first and the best of all the parts of your life. And I began a new rhythm of waking up, giving God my first and my best in prayer, in Bible reading, in time with my wife where we read the Bible together, and it sets the tone for my day. I don't want to give God my last. You know, Lord, I'm just going to get up, hit the ground running, punch out those emails, fight with Vicky from work over, a, you know, in Slack and get to the end. If I got any energy at all left by the end of the day, once the kids are down, I haven't pulled my hair out, maybe I'll slip five minutes in for the Lord. <gasps> Save me, Jesus, you know, you got to help me. These kids are driving me nuts. It's my wife, my husband is about to make me go bonkers. And that's our walk with God. Instead of bringing God our first and our best, this translates into our finances as well. The tithe is first 
or it's not a tithe. It's a great thought for you to write down. There's a pastor I know that taught his son to tithe, and, he, and easy math. I don't like to do math in public, so I'm just going to use the same math he did as easy, 10 pennies, right? We can all figure out a tithe, a tenth of 10 pennies, right? If you're really struggling today, it's one penny, okay? It's 10, <laughs> one. So he put 10 pennies on the table, and he just said he was teaching his son. Son, we honor the Lord with our tithe. We honor the Lord in this area. And he said, so if, I, if, if God's given you 10 pennies, here's 10 pennies. Okay, pretend I'm God. Here's the pennies. I just gave them to you. How much are you going to give back to God? And he's like, oh, he thinks he's doing great. He's like, one penny. It's a tithe. He said, very good. But which penny is it that you give to God? His son was like, oh, man, I don't know. This feels like a trick question, you know. (laughs) And he leaned forward and he said, son, the first one, the first penny, we don't take the pennies and go out and do all the other things first. And if there happens to be one left for the Lord, we give God his penny. No, we honor God first. And it's, it's an honor to give God the first of what he's given to us. My wife can attest to this. I am rigid and religious about this one thing. Because I have I spent a lot of my life investing all of my time, talent, treasure, and energies into things that were not for God. I refuse to give God the last of any part of my life. And that's always a battle. I have to recalibrate. We have to reevaluate. But when I get paid, and by the way, I get paid just like you. Manna doesn't fall from the heaven and turn into hundreds on the table. It doesn't. Okay. Goes through the finance office, direct deposit into my account. And the first thing I do as part of my morning devotion is I pop open on payday my bank account and I tithe and I give above and beyond that to kingdom builders and any other ministry we happen to be supporting. But my tithe is first. I don't want my mortgage company to get my firsts. I don't want Starbucks to get my firsts. I don't want Dutch Bros or Flying M or whatever to get my firsts. And God gets my seconds, my thirds. I'm of the conviction that God is either Lord over all or he's not Lord at all. And I want to honor the Lord with firsts. This is a principle you see all throughout the scripture. Arguably, the reason Cain and Abel got into the first family feud was one of them brought an offering the Lord accepted and the other did not. One of them brought their first and their best and the other brought leftovers. And God accepted one and didn't really accept the other. See, it's easy to make sure we have everything paid and if we have anything left over, we give to God. It's easy to do that. It's easy to do that. But biblically, the tithe is where we are all supposed to lift to. And it lifts us above the the waves and the ups and downs of life and it helps us progress spiritually. It anchors you in a constant place of God's miraculous provision. This is a powerful place. Have you ever felt like the whole world was designed to just suck things out of you? The, uh, The tide anchors you into a place of God's provision. Here's the other thing. It's important that we don't treat God like the recipient of the tithe. Like, you know, God, you should be thankful I give you that 10. (laughs) Do you see that, Lord? I'd be like me giving my son 100 bucks, and he's like, Dad, I'm so generous. Here's a tenner. (laughs) Aren't I awesome? Because how many know all 
things that are good in your life came from God. He's the source of not just the 10, he's the source of the 100. Do you know we are never taught to give God our tithe? We are taught to return the tithe to the house of God. It was his to begin with. Remember the scripture? The tithe is the Lord's. So for me, it's a sacred thing that the Lord would trust me with his to bring back to its proper place. And I consider that a sacred, holy thing. The tithe is holy. It belongs to him. It belongs to the Lord. We need to return it to the place he intends for it to go so that the gospel may go forward. We have to shift our thinking to see what God has given to us correctly. See, when we think it's all ours, it's easy to not return anything to God. When we think we're our own supply, it's easy to forget God. When we think we've got it all figured out, it's easy to do that. And, get, and can we just be honest? Things have been good for the last decade. You know what I found? People get serious about tithing when the economy recesses because we feel like we need God's blessing now. And you know what? If it works for good, praise God. But I think we would be better off just putting God first in all seasons. Come on, somebody. Um, now, listen, Jesus said it this way, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. So let me just tell you this. If you've ever felt like you have a hard time reconciling your, your if I can use this word, secular life with, the, with your spiritual life, the tithe will help you bridge the gap. Because what you do for a living translates into what you're doing for the kingdom. It's such a joy to take what, to take what God g gave me before. Now that I'm in ministry, it gets a little muddled. But, you know, I managed companies when we were planning our first churches, and we worked jobs, and I, I worked for a small business and, and did all kinds of things. We were planning our church, and I love being able to take resources from that and put it as a tithe into the church to advance the purposes of God. Um, and let me say it this way, too. Some of us have fallen into a trap, and I'll just say it that way. It's a trap of debt. Our world system, the Bible talks a lot about debt, by the way, and never once does it talk about it in a good light. So if you, there's no condemnation if you're trapped in it, but most Americans have thirty to $50,000 in credit card debt. Most, that's just an average. If that's where we live... Well, no wonder we can't afford to tithe. And so this is one of the reasons why we do Financial Peace University at CFC. We had over a dozen families go through Financial Peace, cut up their credit cards, and are getting debt-free so that they can practice the things of the Bible, right? And so we'll do this again in the fall. If you're in that place and you're like, Pastor, listen, I'm just saddled. I've got all kinds of things going on, and I need to... We want to partner with you in that. We want to see the abundant life that Jesus has for you come to pass. Come talk to us. We'll get you plugged in. We'll help you get out of debt so that you can honor God with every area of your life, including your finances. Can I get an amen? amen. But we don't want anyone to just, just say, well, out of debt, I can't, I can't do it. You can do it. You can do all things. You can do it. Here's my, here's my second big thought, because yes, the tithe is powerful. If it's not a first, if it's not first, it's not a tithe. If it's not a tenth, it's not a tithe. But the tithe will anchor you into a place of supernatural blessing. Here's, here's a big one, though, because a lot of times we only think about the tithe in response to what does it do for me? Will it transform your life? Absolutely it will. Will it unlock spiritual blessing? Absolutely. But you know what else it'll do? It'll transform the world. The tithe, number two, write this down, climbing higher in our giving is meant to change the world. Let me just talk to you very practically. Maybe it'll give you a big picture of what the Lord meant for the tithe to accomplish. Listen to this. What would happen if everybody tithed? Now, in, in, in churches that are doing great, 25% of their people tithe, by and large. Most of the time, it's 10 to 15%. And 80% of tithe people 
are over 50 years of age. 80% of the people, not in amount given, but in the people that actually tithe are over 50. This is because the former generation was taught to tithe much more clearly and regularly than the last generation, than this generation. Now here's the problem with that. As a church that's multi-generational and knowing that one day this generation that's carrying the weight financially is going to hang it up and go to heaven and meet us there. Come on. And the future of the church is in the hands of the next generation. And can I just tell you, friends, the world does not need the church less. The world needs the church more. The world needs the church to be strong, to shine bright, to have all that it needs, to declare the gospel, to plant new churches, to send new missionaries, to not lack any good thing in accomplishing the Great Commission until Jesus comes back again. So, young people, we've got to get this in our spirit. That, that the future of the church is in our hands. Listen to this. If everyone in the church global, not just Christian Faith Center, but global tithed, we would have an additional $165 billion for the church to use and distribute. Here's why this is important. $25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and preventable disease in five years. The church could eradicate hunger, starvation, and preventable disease in five years. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues in less than five years. $1 billion could fund all of the missionaries of the world right away. $100 to $110 billion a year would still be left for church projects, church planting, mission impact, and reaching lost people in the world for the glory of God. The world would change instantly. No wonder the devil wants us to keep our finances to ourselves. No wonder the enemy doesn't want us to open up this area of our life and be generous. No wonder the devil wants you to buy the lie that the church just wants your money. We don't say that to any other organization we go into. I've never once heard a guy in line at Cabela's like, are you serious? My ought six? I need to pay for this? What? Knew all you wanted was my money. Nobody ever, but we'll come into the church, receive, grow, be impacted, and we'll have that same attitude. Now, I know none of you, maybe some people online or something at a different church. But see, this is why the Apostle Paul encouraged the early church, and I, I got to wrap this up. Um, but this is why the Apostle Paul encouraged the early church in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. This is what he said. He said, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, in your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I want you to excel in the grace of giving, Paul said, because of what it would do for them, because of what it will do in the church, because of what it will do in your heart. This is the funding mechanism of the local church. The church doesn't sell anything. 
It's supported by, its, by, by the body. We bring our finances to the local church to accomplish the great commission that Jesus outlined for every Christian to be a part of. You know, I would encourage you, ask people about their journey in giving. I know this is a big thing. Find a tither and ask a tither. Their testimony is always the same. I've been a Christian 15 years. I've never one time ran into a tither that was like, I started tithing and everything just fell to pieces. It was the worst thing I ever did. It's always the same. I started tithing. My heart changed. My love for the church grew. God opened up blessing over my life. Everything began to change. I got promoted. God did all kinds of cool things. God opened doors that could never have been opened before. All kinds of things changed when I began to tithe. It's always the same. The enemy wants you to stay stuck. But God wants you to live an abundant life. And nothing will cause your life to explode spiritually like beginning to tithe. He'll open the windows of heaven. Your spirit will grow. Your life will grow. What would happen if you surrendered your life to Jesus in this area for just 90 days? And like Malachi said, tested the Lord in this. What kind of breakthrough could happen? What kind of financial breakthrough could happen in your life? What kind of generational shift could happen in your family as you transform into a kingdom? a mindset in your finances. Just before we're done today, I want you to hear the testimony of one of our very own CFCers that recently took the Tithe Challenge, and I just want you to hear his story before we finish today. Would you play that video? I'm Mark Young, and attending about, I'd say, 2014, off and on. Moved down here about 96. That's where I kind of got angry with God and really just got into the party and the wrong life and drinking, drugs, you know, all that, that whole life. Had this uh, industrial accident where um, you know, another guy got hurt in it and um, we easily both could have been killed. Uh, got out of the construction business, uh, got into a job at a call center and moved up pretty quick there. I got married to the wrong person, you know, and uh, gotten a lot of debt. Over time, I just made more poor financial decisions I remember always seeing this church driving by and then uh, one day, just one Sunday, I was just like, I'm gonna go, you know? Uh, so I kind of started coming um, and God's been working on me for the last few years. I've gotten into some very dark places during that time. Um, but when the pandemic hit, that's where, you know, where I worked, we got sent home, you know? Two, two months without work, still got paid. But that's where God really opened my eyes and, and saw like, what are you doing, you know? And um, gotta take a look at finances, gotta take a look at what was going on in my daughter's life, you know? But really what was going on uh, inside me internally, I was living paycheck to paycheck. And then I was like, I can't even do this anymore, you know? Years and years, you know, I've tithed here and there, you know? tithe a couple months and then something would come up, you know, and then I would stop tithing. And I was in church, um, Pastor Jordan was talking about a tithing. Um, but when pastors have talked about tithing, I just kind of like, <laughs> you know, just, uh, okay, well, um, maybe I'll read some other scripture while they're, while they're talking, you know. You know, one of the bigger issues in my life is finances, is, uh, you know, people pleasing, buying this, retail therapy, things like that. But I, I connected with him um, on, on his message of, of tithing, you know. I decided in 2020 that 
hey, I gotta go honor God no matter where I'm at financially, um, to tithe off your gross income. And I start doing that. And since I've been tithing, it's the first thing I do when I get my check is I look at what I made, you know, not, not what was entered in my checking account, because that's how I used to tithe when I did. It's like, okay, I give 10% of that. In the mail, I received two, two pieces of mail. There, one was for a company that buys homes, and the other one was for a bank. That day was a day where I got a final offer on my home. I got called, <laughs> well, into a WebEx meeting with my boss. And I was like, I'm in training. Why? I, I must be in trouble, you know? And um, I got a pretty good raise. I told my, my boss, I'm like, you just talked to me a month ago and gave me a raise. And I'm like, that's two raises. And she's like, yep, yeah, and you'll get a third one this fall, you know, for your annual. I, I had to take a minute after that, that conversation because that morning I got the offer, the final offer, it was more than I expected. And just rough estimate, I was like, I would be debt free. I would be able to pay off this mortgage, buy this other house and get debt free. And I remember um, just being challenged and, you know, tempted by the enemy. You know, how are you gonna pay your off your credit card bill? Or how are you gonna make your bill if you, if you pay that much or if you tie that much? Just give a little bit, you know, you should pay your bills first, you know, you be responsible. It, it, it was a huge battle, but I said, no, I have to honor God. I, I tithe faithfully. He does provide. And, um, you know, it's a big mystery of like how he does things, you know, but he has been faithful to me. Recently, he's blessed me um, to a point where I'm debt free now. I, I, I started talk to him differently, praying differently, because um, I was asking for all the wrong things, you know, and uh, I, I needed to learn finances. I'm glad I went that day, because it changed my life forever, you know. Um, but when you tithe, though, and, and you allow God to work in your heart, it changes other areas of your life, too. It's, it's pretty amazing. Come on, isn't that good? Just love hearing stories of how people's lives have been impacted in a powerful way. Let me ask you a question today. Again, um, there's, no, there's no offering being taken. And listen, if you are here today and you'd say, absolutely not, I'm, I'm not in a place I ever want, then don't. Nobody here is ever going to try to manipulate or twist but listen, my heart as your pastor is I want you to have everything God has for your life. I heard an old preacher say years ago something that stuck deep down in my spirit, and he said this, you'll never be spiritually free when you remain financially bound. And for a lot of people, this is an area of their heart, they refuse to surrender for so long. And here's the thing, it is within your control to break the power of that in your life and step into a new place in God. And so today, across all of our CFC campuses, um, we're going to be opening up what we call the tithe challenge. And here's what that looks like. There's a table in the foyer. You'll stop by. You'll, you'll, you'll fill out a little sheet of paper so that we have info. We can start emailing you stuff. And they're going to give you a book that's a gift from Pastor Amanda and I to you. And it's totally free. We just want to give it to you to invest in your life. It's called The Blessed Life by Pastor Robert Morris. This book was written in 2002 and recently was revised into this new version. 
And I read this book as a young Christian, and it radically impacted my life. And so I try to get this book in as many people's hands as possible, and it is our gift to you if you take the tithe challenge. The tithe challenge would be to test the Lord, like Malachi says, for 90 days. And watch what God will do in your life when you trust Him in this area. You'll receive an email from us that'll invite you into a private group with all of the other Christian Faith Center folks that are in the tithe challenge. Our pastors are going to post videos every week for you to encourage you, to share thoughts with you. You can post stuff in there and share what God's doing in your life, and we'll celebrate together. But we'll pray for you, we'll encourage you, and we'll walk with you and celebrate all that God does in your life over the next 90 days. And here's what I know. What we'll do in obedience will translate into a lifetime of growing in God. So I just want to pray for all of you. I'd invite you to stand up to your feet. Our prayer team is going to come down to. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, maybe you're sick, discouraged, depressed, and you just need someone to partner with you in prayer while we sing this last song, our prayer team will be available to just partner with you in prayer and believe God and believe the promises of God over your life. But listen, if you're here today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about taking this important next step, I want to encourage you. What do you have to lose? Test the Lord in this. Surrender to the Lord over the next 90 days and test him and see if he does not bless you and if your life is not transformed spiritually in a way that you'll, in a way that would absolutely unlock new things in your life. Can I get an amen? So again, you can sign up out there. They want, they'll take care of you and hook you up with one of our books. But let me pray for you. Even if you need to come, accept Jesus, invite him into your life, our prayer team can help with that. But let me just bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray blessing over your people today. I bless them in the name of the Lord, and I thank you for them. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your promises are sure. Thank you, Lord, that when we align our lives with the word of God, we should expect the blessings of God to be coming into our lives. And so I just bless them. I pray that they would win in this important area of their lives, and that, God, we would, we would just unlock a new level of worship and obedience in this area in so many lives. We celebrate with them. We love what you're doing in the church today. And Lord, for any who need prayer, we just pray they would come and receive ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's sing this last song out with faith today. Shake up the ground for my tradition. Break down the walls for my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. Shake up the ground for my tradition. Break down the walls for my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better.
Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this incredible message today, God. Lord, would you do what you want to do? Would you be with us as we step out in faith and, and walk in obedience to what your word says, God? And Lord, I just pray for everyone here today that's going to be taking that, that step to tithe, God, and trust you with their finances, Lord. Would you encourage them? Would you remove any doubts or any fears, God? I just pray a special blessing over people today that are stepping out in faith, because really that's what it is, Lord, is it's faith to trust you, God. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are with us and that you're guiding and leading us. And thank you for such an incredible body of believers here today. Would you be with us? Bless us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Are you blessed, church? So good. This was such good meat, okay? Hey, I want to encourage you, let you know we're going to continue our series, Winning Where It Matters, next Sunday. So grab a friend. We would love to have you back next week. If you need prayer, please come forward. And if you just made that decision to follow Christ or want to jump into the family of God, we have a Next Step booth in the back of the foyer. You're welcome to pop by there as well. We have tons of gifts for you there. You can be dismissed. Go in God, friends. Whatever you want to do, just do whatever you want.